All right, here we go. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Let me take a sip. Soda water. Here, oh, well, that was a microphone that I bumped. My bad. So, how's it going? How are we doing? Happy Monday, everybody. Yeah. I still haven't taken my sip. Let me take this real quick. That's refreshing. I think I'm getting sick. That's what's up with me. Just going to throw that in your lap. Hot potato. Uh, yeah, I am not feeling good. Uh, this one is, I'm having one of those moments where this is just kind of slowly built over the past couple hours. And now that I've sat down and I'm talking out loud and I've got a bunch of lights in front of my face, I'm starting to realize I don't feel my healthiest. And I don't know what's up with that. But we got to push through. It's the start of a new week. We got a lot of shit to do. I got a lot of shit to do. We got a podcast to listen to. It is crazy. How are we going to get through it? I don't know, but we're going to do it together, me and you. So there are some events this week that I do want to shout out. Tomorrow, May 7th, is the one-year anniversary for my friends in Ghoul on Ghoul. They are a podcast. They are having a party at Spirit. I will be there. Some of our mutual friends will be there, such as the Thrifty Podcast and Neon Brainiacs and plenty of others that I cannot remember and do not want to spend the time trying to mention because I don't remember them, but they're good people. And if you're not doing anything on Tuesday night, come on down to that at Spirit. May 11th this weekend is the Millville Music Fest. Grey Walker is playing on the metal stage if you weren't aware. And if you're not aware of Millville Music Fest in general, it is an all-day, full-neighborhood event with live entertainment across a bunch of different venues scattered throughout the Millville area. Bars, restaurants, breweries, community centers, and etc. There's a lot of cool stuff to do in Millville. There's going to be a lot of great talent throughout the day. It's a free event, family-friendly Grab up everybody you can, fill up the car, get your asses down the Millvale this Saturday. And if you're sticking around, we'll be playing at 9 p.m. on the metal stage, as I mentioned. Greywalker, my metal band. Yes. And the weekend after that, May 18th, start the beat. This show that you are currently listening to or watching is hosting a stage at the Lawrenceville Art Crawl at Full Pint Wildside pub so for those of you that don't know about the lawrenceville art crawl it's kind of pretty similar to the millville music fest but it's more of an art focused thing not so much music but there is going to be live music scattered throughout the lawrenceville area at a bunch of different venues start the beat is hosting the stage at full pint Wildside pub sykes and the new violence is going to be playing Brittany Chantel is going to be playing. Isaiah Small is playing. Somebody else is playing that stage too. And I forget. This is really unprofessional of me. Oh, my favorite color. Sorry, my favorite color. Uh, yeah, I think that's the full lineup. It's not a whole, a whole lot of bands. Just a few bands. 
I'm going to be doing some live podcasts as well early in the day if you want to come down for that. Uh, this is put together by Red Fishbowl. I did not, to be completely transparent, I did not curate this stage. Uh, Red Fishbowl gave me the stage. The lineup was already picked. It was part of the reason why I couldn't remember the lineup. Again, sorry, my favorite color. Uh, you probably don't even listen to the show. But if you do, we should get you on. But uh, you probably don't. Uh, that's not a bad thing. I just, you know, I never see you interact with anything that I do. I don't know why I'm... My favorite color is tight. I'm not, I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling. This is what I do. Anyways, I had nothing to do with putting the stage together, but it is the start to beat with Sykes stage. Uh, yeah. So May 18th, come on down for that if you're going to be in Lawrenceville or if you just want to see some free music. It's a dope lineup. I've never played with... Actually, no. I have played with my favorite color before, but uh, we haven't played with them as Sykes and a New Violence. So that'll be cool you know, to share the stage with some other great talent, great young talent in the city for us you know, old, old fogies in Sykes and a New Violence. Actually, Mandy's not old. Mandy's still youthful and young and stuff. Uh, the rest of us are a bunch of old farts though. And, uh, yeah, so those are some events. Please come out to them and I'm going to stop rambling about that. Yeah. Again, I'm not feeling well and these lights really aren't helping. So I should probably get moving along because y'all aren't here to, for me to talk about me. Y'all are here for me to talk with my guest. And my guest this week is my friend, Joey, who has been a musician touring studio etc for a long time really talented drummer really cool dude he just happened to be in town he is not from pittsburgh does not live in pittsburgh he is from ohio currently living in florida and he just happened to be in the area a few weeks ago so he hit me up and we got together stacy made dinner we had dinner together we recorded a podcast and this is like a lot more of a just a casual hangout chat with an old pal. Uh, Joey's not here to really promote anything. Uh, he's not in an active band that is touring or anything right now. Like We're really just two friends having a chat about music, life, health, happiness, and all that kind of stuff. So if you're into something a little bit more casual and laid back, this is for you, and I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation because, I don't know, if you're a fan of the podcast, then that means you're a fan of people I'm fans of, and I'm a fan of Joey. So, yes, without further ado, let's get into my conversation. What do you say? Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! Sweet stuff. So you're we just had now. some sweet. You rolling now? We are rolling. All right, cool. We're on. <laughs> Live. I'm all. I'm all. I'm, I'm admiring all. The, the glass jaw uh, album you got up here. I'm all so. fucking sugared out from this this fucking imported candy you brought in from from Gibson's Bakery and Candy. Let's shout them out. They're not a sponsor or anything. Oberly. <laughs> no, I was, uh, yeah, I was just in, in town uh, there today. So it's where are they at? Oberlin. Oberlin, Ohio. Is, yes, sir. And um. So that um, how I originally discovered them would have uh, I was in Oberlin, first time in Oberlin would have been meeting Andy Cook, which I met in Cleveland. Um, he was in a band that I was. Uh, 
in at the time. I, I just uh, I don't I don't know where to start with that. Okay, well, but yeah, but no, we'll yeah, see. they're they're a bakery shop, and I believe the drummer from Signals Midwest, who is a Cleveland band, in that whole area, I believe family members of his perhaps own the establishment, and I was I'm a sweet I got a sweet tooth, so I was drawn in. Yeah, and you you drove over today just to hang out and talk on the podcast. So yeah. thank you. Happy to be here. In between your trip home and back to good old Florida where you're yeah. at now. Yeah, well, Ohio's the roots. So yeah. I, I, I don't know where home is exactly. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> for those, for anybody out there that doesn't know, this is my friend Joey. And me and Joey know each other from several years back. Joey used to play in a band called Reverse the Curse. Yes. A I, rock band. The fir- When I first met you, it was at 222 Ormsby. Yes. And I I don't even know what the show was or what the bill was, but you came up up to me afterwards, and I think just introduced yourself and we just hit it off from there, and so and then you booked a show for us at Brillo Box sometime after that. Is that the place it's called? Was it at Brillo? We've played a show there for sure. Yeah, I don't remember. And I don't remember where it was. All right, yeah. no, we definitely played yeah. a show there. And so, but yeah, there's, and I think we played a few times after that, and I've played with, in various bands throughout. Um, yeah. Or at least going through Pittsburgh. So I'm familiar with the area and it's it's always a treat. I've I've had family that have lived here and so it's it's always a treat coming back. I I love it. Word up. So with your life now in Florida, yeah. You know, what are you doing musically? Music I Are you doing anything musically right now or are you kind of I would just... say I'm rehabilitating myself. Musically. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, uh, getting back on the horse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, I imagine it was a big move and yeah, just I know, from it was, yeah, Ohio it was, it was, to Florida. Yeah, family reasons what brought, originally brought me to Florida and um, just found a whole new life in it because there was a part of me that wanted to step away from it, but it was, it was more so a part of me that needed to step away from music just to focus on things that everybody deals with in life, the death of a family member. And so I was, it was so, it was, there was like this mind boggling or mind war of like, I can't do this or do I, I want to, but more do I need to, but like right now I need to focus on this. And so it's something I, th- I feel we, we all go through. Yeah. And so, and it was the first time that I ever maybe felt like a, a significant overwhelming a depression set in. Sure. Cause it was like, I'm trying to like avoid it, avoid it avoid it <laughs> it's like no you gotta like you gotta see through it you gotta yeah um take care of it in the middle of all of that did the step away from music feel like an intentional step away or was it more just like uh a side effect of the circumstances yeah a side effect but also a necessity i was i i personally was burning myself out because i was always in a like reverse the curse is really the band i cut my teeth with that was the passion project or just it was the it was my roots it was it's what showed me the world and then through music and networking and other bands in the area where i'm from and other bands we had played shows with reaching out to me asking like hey could you do a weekend of shows with us and be like that sounds like a good opportunity or, you know, I just wanted to play drums. Yeah. And then, and, and as I, I continued to do that, it was like, there was more and more work came on and there was even times I had to like turn certain things down, which 
you know, it, for better or for worse. And, and so, so it was the beginning of 2016 when my father had passed away. And at that time, I think 2013, 14 and 15, those years I was on the road it, around six months out of the year to eight months, like just consistently gone. And which a, a ton of musicians do that. But I'd be home for two weeks learning new songs for this band. Was out on the road for six weeks, came home, was home for two weeks and was out on the road. You know, it's like, oh, I got to relearn these songs to where at one point it almost seemed like. Like right towards the end, it, it only happened maybe a, a handful of times where I was like, wait, did I, I think I transitioned in that song. And I'm totally thinking of a different song right now because it's like, oh, yeah, these are the same. That song's in the same key as this. And I was totally in that mindset. Sure. <laughs> sure. Just... Like, and being, you know, being the backbone, I'm like, I can't. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to do that because I like I'm there to hold down my position and I don't want it to affect especially another band that I wasn't like. These are brothers in arms, but it's it was like, almost like a job. And it, like I didn't want my passion to become a job. But I was it, 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 that, I think that happens to people. And or it can, and so I was just like, I, I need to step away and reevaluate why I got into music in the first place, because especially now, I like I've I've listened to your podcast and other hosts or you hosting other uh, folk on here, and uh, just like um, I, re I think you had a band on recently, and they're uh, talking about how like bands are really trying to like brand themselves and all that, which that's been going on since the eighties, seventies, or anything like that, but with. The Techno Beatles. Yeah, yeah. And with like technology now, like every it's at your fingertips where you can do it yourself. So there I there's a million outlets and a million ways to go about it. But I was just like, I got into music just because like I like I felt it. And I just like, and that's what brought me to drums. So I never really considered myself a songwriter, but I was a song contributor to writing. And so I kind of just like just know your role and do that. Because for a while I feel like I, like Personally, I was like writing songs in my house, but I think that was more of an outlet just for myself emotionally. And so I was like, oh, all right, just you're just getting that, that, those thoughts out. And so it's like, oh, yeah, that's, we all go through that or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. But I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a drummer, musician. I don't want to write lyrics or who knows. And that, that might evolve. I, but I'm, yeah, I just, I love playing drums. <laughs> so, you know, now uh you know fast forward you know are you playing are you keeping up with stuff are yeah, you playing yeah with absolutely. anyone like what are you in, what are you doing right now so now um just being in gainesville there there's endless musicians to just jam with and people and that's the cool thing about it. it's like hey we're not starting a band we're just like you got this thursday night off or this like sunday afternoon i've been working on a song uh like someone who approached me. I've been jamming with uh, this guitar player, Corey, who's in a band called Frameworks. And he's just like, hey, I've been working on these songs. I just kind of like, I kind of have like a beat in my head, you know, just at least the, the rhythm and just want to like hear it. Can we get together and jam? And so you do that and it's just like, all right, keeping like the engine or getting everything like greased up. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. And so it's just like, you just jam and that like is starting to feel great again. So... <laughs> We have Melvin here with us. I don't know if you heard that groan. Yeah. Who's my beagle. So <laughs> first first dog on the podcast. <laughs> but um yeah, and so jamming with him has, has been a treat. And still, um uh Eddie, who I've been in uh bands with before, Reverse the Curse, and Andy, who I've 
I subbed with a band he was in called Ghost Town Trio. Um, and he's toured with Reverse the Curse and helped us record albums. He's a sound engineer, like through and through. He went to school for that. And it's just, it's what he does. He's, he's magic. And uh, yeah, so I, I've, I've jammed with those guys the plenty of times. And we're kind of, there's things that are manifesting. And so I, I can't say that there's anything that is so solidified or concrete right now. But with what I'm like, yeah, like with what I'm doing, it's just getting back on the horse and like getting my joints rehabilitated. Cause I did like, I completely stepped away and didn't even touch a drum set for months. And after doing that for literally like 20 years daily. Oh yeah. It was, yeah, it was weird. Like, I mean, I laid in bed almost for two months straight. <laughs> That's yeah. It, it's, it's a wave that like, you know, is, I don't know if it was inevitable, but it was like, yeah, you just gotta like slow down. And so, but Things feel good now, so I'm kind of taking it day by day and also just you know, heeding elders, listening to good uh, and in, like, influence, good, uh, I don't know, just perspective. Sure. I think that there's a an interesting conversation here, one of, uh, you know, just uh, self-care and that, yeah, you know, that. it's okay just because if you take a step away from your passion for you know some time you know whether it's drums or painting or whatever it is you know that doesn't mean that like you're giving up or that you're quitting and it's not something that like you should feel bad about i don't know if maybe you had felt bad about that no, or, all, like, it, or it, it, but it, like i'm just saying like in general for other people that might be feeling like they're at a crossroads where they might need to step away from you know, something that's a big part of their life, you mm -hmm. know, if you feel that it is necessary to do so, like there's always the future, you know, to look forward to and to go back to, but it's important to like take care of yourself now. So you could be like super awesome at what you do down the road. Yeah, Otherwise it's yeah. going to like, uh, it'll be like this, uh, spiral of, uh, you know, probably like unintentional self-destruction. Yeah, exactly. You you don't realize you're in it, and to I'm fortunate enough to have uh, the friends and family around me at the time that are like, I don't think you quite see where your headspace is right now. And some are like, I've gone through something similar, so I just like, I want to point you in this direction to help you out, or this, or maybe cut this out of your life. And so, and it just like taught me a lot, and I it it almost I feels like hap happened globally. Like a lot of people are talking about depression. A lot of people are talking about like, I don't like being on your cell phone too much or what, you know, whatever is yeah. in the news at the time. And there's like, yeah, you, it's all in moderation. So, and it can be overwhelming. So yeah. And self-care, yeah, it's huge. Like before you can take care of anyone else, you got to take care of yourself. And I feel like I've always, my whole life, I've like tried to accommodate others because it just feels good to do that. And you don't have to think about yourself so much if you're yeah, taking care of others. Yeah, there's probably that too. Yeah. Like subconsciously, you don't think about that and you just do it. Uh-huh. So. It gives you a reason not to worry about yourself. You know, it's like, oh, I can't worry about myself. I have to take care of, yeah. you know, somebody else or. Absolutely. Distractions. I guess so. That, yeah, that's there. Yeah. I've never been that good at taking care of myself. So. And yeah, it's, it's, that's a part of the evolvement of life. Yeah, it might be cliche, but I wonder if that's like a you know the curse of the artist. For, yeah, there's yeah, I, whether it's a, a painter or uh, a director or writer, 
for in film or in for music it's all it's an art it's an articulation of something music you're articulating sound uh movie you're you're articulating this like moving picture it's storytelling and that's cool it is entertainment and so it, it's a it's a distraction like you mm-hmm. said <laughs> Because like we, and that's is like, and the distraction can be, you fall in it and you have this idea and it's more so a feeling and it just manifests in whatever way you gravitate towards. I love watching like a Paul Thomas Anderson film. I love listening to a, a Trent Reznor record. Yeah. There's a lot of emotion there. And well, there's that. And or I even love listening to, I mean, just something more upbeat, um, it, whether it's a, a country album or like, I, I love the Foo Fighters. It's just, it's rock. Or Ariana Grande. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Seriously. And with that, when it comes to like rhythm, it's like drums that, that'll set it off. And that's, I, I feel in me, that was like, I don't know when maybe since the dawn of time when like man like sat back and just like felt their heartbeat, there's like that going. So like before even like a guitar was thought of to make noise. It's like maybe a caveman, just or I guess it could, it's it's pretty tribal to think about actually. Oh, just totally. Like pounding on something, and there's yeah, there's that, and I think that's originally where it started from, or who knows? Just like feel that and then carry on with it. I was listening um, to uh, a Bernard Purdy drum takes online and watching YouTube videos. He's a drummer. Um, he backed. Um, James Brown for a lot of records mm. and he's got the, the Purdy shuffle, which was like his signature move. And then he breaks down what it is. And he's like, I grew up um, in a house or an apartment um, next to a train track. And he's just like, so I really incorporated that into my shuffle. So this is like a one and a two and a chugga, 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 chugga. I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's like, that's, that's what drums have always been a thing and this like what is your niche that you add to it and that's what you do and i like when i step back from that my father had always told me he's like you kind of like i hear these rudiments you do and it sounds like you're galloping and i've always like i've always loved horses and right now i'm, I'm kind of surrounded by them um where i'm living and so it's like yeah like it's like yeah uh-huh. okay that's it's just in you. You know, it's really interesting about that. I've never thought about this before, but when you brought up that story about the James Brown drummer, I was thinking about when I started getting into making beats real heavy, like actually step sequencing and programming my own drum beats. I was okay, probably yeah. like, like, like 13 or 14. And when I got into it, I started noticing the sounds that the dryer would make when clothes were in it. Okay, and yeah. there, there would always be like this really specific rhythm, like a... Yeah, <laughs> it rotating, maybe the clothes dropping, you know, or whatever's happening. But it was like real metallic and heavy, like industrial. Yeah, there you go. And yeah, I think that like sound. that was like one of the things that ended up making me gravitate towards like this real heavy but rhythmic industrial sound. Yeah. Was like hearing like yeah, you know like like that dryer rotating and those like real metallic dropping waves. Like yeah, yeah like yeah, cool to like make a beat that sounds like that. Yeah, it's, it just starts there. I don't think that like I feel like I'm just a filter to music, and so I'm just I'm letting it play through me, and just being there. You just need to be there. I and always, sometimes that's hard. Like so, when I say I pulled myself out of it, it was like a distraction of life and like 
these things we all go through with having maybe your maybe you have a car and you want to you got to pay car insurance and or whatever it is or you you're renting a house and rent is due and like so there's these things you got to like take care of you know whatever your situation is wherever you're at and so at the time it was like weighing heavy on me and i was just like i got to step away from this and it hurt too because of that but it's like you need to do this right now for your own safety i don't know <laughs> for your own sanity sure so yeah and then i was like okay and i i don't i feel like i was just getting back on the horse and so it feels good again because i was i tried to get real diverse with it is like i've been studying music myself to where i'm like i think maybe i'll go to school take like a six month music theory program or whatever just to get some perspective i don't know if you need to do that yeah i know but the, like all that thought weighed in i'm like what am i doing like what just Buy a bunch of records you never heard of and listen to them for six months. And no, and that's what I'm doing because it's like that's how it shines through with a lot of people. It's like Quentin Tarantino didn't go to film school. And that's a route. You can go that way. But there are other musicians that went to school. Um, you know, I will say um, somewhere in the height of this depression, um, the saxophone player, J.R., from the band Less Than Jake. Okay. They're from Gainesville. And we would always run into each other. And he could he could tell when I was like bumming out, like we we met at um a bar just to grab um dinner one night and he was like, you know, I heard you recently lost your father. He's like, You're much younger than I am, but I not just a few years ago had lost mine. And like the conversation kind of started there. And we'd always cross paths every now and then, and he was like a, a good outlet to talk to about that. And so it's like, all right, yeah, it's something we all go through. And at the time there was that. And so I was just like questioning whether or not, like he went to school and um, I believe Berkeley and had graduated. So, you know, this guy, he's, he's a guru on the sax. And, uh, but so, and then he joined up with Less Than Jake, I think sometime in the late nineties. And uh, so there's that route. You can go to school. It can teach you a lot. I'm sure you meet great mentors along the way, but I myself, yeah, I was always like how I met you. It was just road dogging it. And meeting these musicians, yeah, and learning the, the grit of it that way. So yeah, it's for better or for worse. Either way, it, I think it all works out. We all have our place in the world. So there's no one correct answer. Yeah, for everybody. Or, or, yeah, or correct way to go. Definitely. Yeah, you know, it's if you feel as though, without a doubt, music school is what I want to do. I'm like word yeah <laughs> but the do second it, yeah. you're like i don't really know i'm like no don't do that yeah yeah exactly. if, you have to ask if yourself, there's some doubt yeah then it's probably no yeah and that's why i never went to school so yeah like my my father did have a heart attack when i was 17 years old and he's like you know i'm a single parent i'm on disability now so maybe you know you going to school you'd probably get a you you get like a some a write-off or some sort of discount or whatever and i was just like i don't even know what i'd go for he's like well i'm not gonna waste the time or money i was like cool you know, he's like, you just follow your heart for now. Maybe you'll eventually want to go to school. And so, yeah. And like, we, throughout high school, were you already playing in bands and shit? Yes. The first <laughs> the first band I was ever in um, was with Eddie and Connor, who who were in Reverse the Curse. It was called Population Zero. That was the Ooh, first band. What I a was killer in. band name. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the perfect high school band yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> So that was the first band. My was oh, wait, was it like was it like the number zero or zero written out? And no, it was population zero written out. Okay, cool. So yeah, and then a friend of ours developed this logo. It was like the letter P, uh, but then the th it was like a Z for the top of the P. 
So it'd go straight up, cut over, and then a Z. It was, oh, it was just something yeah. like when we started playing, I was a friend in high school. It was like, hey, I drew this over the weekend. We're like, all right, cool. We'll make a sticker or something out of that. I was going to ask you had any shirts left. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think we ever really pressed. I think we maybe like stenciled t-shirts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tight. <laughs> I still have um, I still have merch from like the first band I was ever in in the basement. Just like, like three t-shirts that we never sold. But yeah. I still have them like taped up like with the original tape that was taped up with them. Yeah. It's probably like all, I'm sure if I touched it, it would just like crumble. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was the first band. And um, yeah, and then we were off. Okay, yeah. So by the time you're graduating high school, it's just like I'm I'm doing this music thing. Yeah, and I, I think we we changed the band. It was the same guys in Reverse the Curse as Population Zero, but we changed the band name. I forget why, but we did. <laughs> Let me think. Yeah, just like well, yeah, they had the band name itself, but like because we were entering like a northeastern Ohio uh, high school rock off, which were all these bands like hundreds from all over Ohio, and. um we entered that and changed it then. I don't exactly know how that name came about, but it stuck for a while. Reverse the curse. And then through that, yeah, that's like that's just where we cut our teeth was that band. Yeah. Done a did a ton of touring. And so throughout Kent and Cleveland and then Columbus and surrounding cities and Pittsburgh and everywhere. And then the fest in Florida, that was a big thing for us. Yeah. Yeah. So you, 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 where is Fest? It's in Gainesville. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. So have you been, have you gone to that since you've been down there? Yeah, definitely. Last year it was, it's, it's like the high school reunion you want to go to. Okay. I would say. Tight. Cause I went last year and it was so cool to be there and not have to worry about playing or anything and to just like be a fly on the wall I know and watch exactly, all yeah. these bands. It was like, cool. I don't have to worry about packing up or playing or even rehearsing songs or anything. And so like, it's like I fell in love with it all over again. In Pittsburgh, we have a, in the summer, there's a lot of fests that happen here. There are all these like real neighborhood focused music festivals where it's like free to the public. There's like outdoor stages, indoor stages, like these crazy things. And like they do them, every neighborhood kind of has their own. It kind of like it started with, man, I don't know who did it first. Some neighborhood did it first. And then another neighborhood copy, and then another. And now you know, there's a bunch of them. But uh, two years ago, I think I may have done like four or five of these festivals, like all in the same summer. Like and, different bands, huh? Two or just like one band? Uh, some both bands. Yeah, but most of them were with Sykes. Okay. Because um, with Gray Walker, which is, that's the metal band that yeah, I play yeah. in, metal bands don't get the same opportunities. And a lot of those festivals is like my my indie hip hop jazz fusion project. Like cool, it's easier yeah. to like it's easier to tr- like trick people and letting us on bills for like public events with that <laughs> okay, okay, than like oh you I know this is that. my melodic death metal band. Yeah, <laughs> take it or leave it. You like, know, but yeah, um, okay. but yeah, the, the whole point I was getting to um with all of that was just that you mentioned it was nice going to fest and not having to like worry about playing. Mm-hmm. It was like, there was like a whole summer of like going to all these cool events and like not yeah. actually getting to enjoy it. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and like that festival alone and various festivals, you'll kind of go there and you can like see the bands that are like road dogging it and grinding. They just look burnt <laughs> out. And then the other bands that are just there for a reunion show or what, but it, it's all there. And so it's, and it's various, various venues, and some are outside now, and it's it's good. So I think how that developed too, 
was that weekend over Halloween weekend, typically it's the, in um, Gainesville, there's the United or the University of Florida. So the Gators are out of town um, in Georgia with their football rival. And so that, that weekend was always just open. And so I think that was like an opportunity to just start something. Yeah. You know, so like a lot, like the, all the freaks come out. Yeah. And that's going to happen regardless. So <laughs> yeah. I started like, you know, and it's, there's, there's a lot of music history in Gainesville too, going back even before, like there's Bo Diddley, Tom Petty, Charles Bradley, and then the wave of nineties bands from against me to less than Jake and hot water music. And there's a ton of other bands that have come out of there. And so it's, it's all there. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a nice, uh, wide spectrum yeah there's a variety of music absolutely and so charles bradley had passed a few years ago and that's like i'd say like maybe a year before that happened somebody gave me a record of his and then he'd only release a handful and they're they're just gold oh yeah he's awesome yeah a big regret of mine was he uh played here for like uh, it was an as an outdoor free show as part of like one of the festivals down here All right, yeah. and it was for whatever reason like i just did something else that night and i was like ah you know it sucks but i don't feel like fighting through all the people whatever and then like you know not even a year later a dude was gone i was like fuck yeah yeah like what i don't even remember what i did that night yeah but one thing i did do was i didn't fucking see charles bradley when i could have <laughs> yeah such a fool yeah i've never seen him live but yeah it's like I'd, i feel like i'd hammered all his records out in like a month and we're just overplaying them and just like but because Black Velvet, well, that came out post his death. But even yeah. before that, like changes and everything I listened to, it was like, oh, Victim of Love. It was just like, this is great. Mm-hmm. And it all seemed to happen so quickly. Like, Sharon Jones, too. Sharon Jones. Sharon Jones. Um, she's uh, so. Do you are you familiar with like Daptone Records? Yeah, yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's she's that, a, yeah. a Daptone artist, okay. but she's another like. In the similar vein of like how okay. Charles Bradley was, like she was like this great soul singer. All right, but uh, sounds like she also just recently passed away. Okay, and uh, that was somebody else who like I never got a chance to see, and like mm-hmm. she had also been here not too long ago, mm-hmm. and yeah. So now it's like anytime I get a chance to see somebody, it's like we're fucking going because you never know. Yeah, do you want? We- when I was driving over here, it's hard to not like reflect on, on the past because I was thinking of like times I had visited Pittsburgh. I'd come here, I want to say around the year 2009, um, to see the band Polar Bear Club. Okay. They had put out The Redder the Better, which was their first EP, and they were getting ready to release their first full length. Sometimes things just dis- disappear. And it wasn't out yet. But uh, I think it was Connor who was in Reverse the Curse. Was like, "Hey, I'm gonna drive to Pittsburgh to see this band. It's in some kid's basement." And I'd heard Redder the Better, and I wasn't like sold on it, but I was like, "Let's yeah, let's go. You're driving, you know, let's team up." And we went, and there was like maybe 20 kids tops in this basement at this kid's parents' house, and this band just lit it up. (laughs) It just like it's awesome. Yeah. And I, I was just like, the redder the better. I was like, I love that album. And they had sometimes things just disappear on CD, but I don't think it was released yet. And then that band kind of took off after that. And so that was like a, a very memorable Pittsburgh experience as far as going to a show out here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet. Yeah. I wonder whose house that was. I have no clue. <laughs> no clue. But yeah, that was a good time. There's, uh, there's some good uh, 
infamous stories about uh, a house show that I think it was Horse the Band. You remember Horse the Band? I don't think so. They were um, they were like a, a bigger band. They're like kind of like metalcore with synthesizers, kind of jokey. They from Pittsburgh? No, they weren't from Pittsburgh. Okay. But they played like a house show here like years and years ago. And I always hear stories oh, about okay. this yeah, house show. All, like, no, that's always it was like cool one of those. Hear. It was like one of those things where like I think there was like some craziness that happened at it. You know, yeah. just people being wild. And, yeah, no doubt. Hearing like a, about a legendary show, it's like. Oh. So yeah, something like that. <laughs> and I was trying to think, like, what legendary show have I been to or have I heard of about? But so I mean, that's pretty cool that now in Gainesville you are still like you know there's a music community there that's not hard for you to connect to. Like, and like whenever you are ready to maybe jump back in full force, there's probably like a platform for you to do that. Yeah, no doubt. I I didn't. Um. So one thing I was gonna mention. Um, when um, you had brought something up, uh, a friend of mine sent a postcard to the house that said, love's like a fart. If you force it, it's probably shit. <laughs> so at the time, I was just like, I feel like I was like, I wanted to accommodate some musicians that I was like <laughs> writing music with. And I, you know, it's like, I want to, but I'm like, I'm just not in the right headspace to be creative behind the kit right now. So I had to pull myself away. And that quote alone was just like, you can't force the music. Just like, yeah. So you got to step away from it right now. And uh-huh. I was just like, it just, that quote spoke to me. Oh, I love <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's so hard for me to, uh, to, to battle that i mean i'm better at it now than i have been but just that feeling like that i constantly need to be creating yeah and i guess in a way i always am doing something but mm-hmm. it's like it's like i'm doing one thing for 10 different things instead of doing 10 things for one thing so yeah. each project feels like it's like it, it's always moving very slow yeah but like I, you know I, i'll be on my fucking phone going back to that and you'll be like oh like so and so's already putting out another album yeah. God damn it. Like, you know, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Th- I think that that's weighed probably in for a lot of people being creative. And that's why, like, stepping away from the <laughs> distraction, <laughs> like, and, you know, but yeah, it's all, that's always there. It's all, and to, for better or for worse, the pros always as big as the con when it comes to anything. So it's an outlet to be inspired by or to, like, imprison you, whether it's physically or mentally. Yeah. I definitely don't think that you can force it, but I think that. You know, something for people that are maybe worried about not being creative a lot or people that try to force it. I think the thing that inspires creativity the most for me is the environment that I'm in. Totally. So that's a huge part of it. I think for people that are struggling to find that creativity, I think rather than focusing on trying to force themselves to create, I think they need to focus on the environment around them and really Mm -hmm. think about where they're spending their time and who they're spending their time with. You know what I mean? If they're in miserable environments with, I don't know, miserable people that might not be the most creative outlet Yeah, it, it, it or, you know, another that. thing or other examples. It's not all about misery, but you know, yeah. I, yeah. I see where that stems from. And also like, there's so many different creative outlets that you can linger towards. And, but also I feel like I had this part of me where I was like working on various projects and it's like, do I want to be a jack of all traits or do I want to be a king of one thing? So, oh man, I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> no, no, I like that. That I'm just saying it no. go, that that can go through your mind, and so it's like, well, just do you, you gotta 
play your part because it, it, you are constantly involving. Maybe you were here to play music for five, 10, 15 years. And that that segued into you becoming a, an actor or I, I, anything or just like producing music or, you know, you're in various projects. Like, yeah, music started with me listening to it. And then I wanted to play it. And then I wanted to record it. So now I just, all I do is record music. Sure. And that once I got to that point along that whole pathway, that was the niche that I wanted to contribute to. And so there's that. I just, like you said, I guess there's never any right or wrong. It's just being true to yourself and giving yourself back in a positive manner with the project you're working on. Sure. I'd say being true to yourself and being true with yourself. Yeah. Um, because they are two different things. Yeah. And as we I had mentioned before, if you have to ask yourself if you should do something, you probably shouldn't do it. You yeah, because you're, you're like questioning and, and doubting. That's the thing too. It's like, you know, if you are questioning and doubting, like, you know, hey, like, should I really be trying to be in a band? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. And that might suck. You might not have anything else. But like, I don't know. What do you want to do? Mm. You know, maybe if it's you want to be an actor, but you don't know how to do it, it's better to spend your time figuring out how to do it rather than complaining about being in a band you don't want to be in or whatever other example you can think of yeah and maybe like you mentioned it could just be the environment or the people you're exactly with. Like maybe i'll i just need to do this but in a different band or who knows it's it's endless uh-huh so i think being open with yourself and the people yeah. around you yeah is a really big thing absolutely that's another another issue too that i notice sometimes with people who may be having problems or communication issues with other people it's like well have we talked about this no okay well why don't you start there yeah so i know it, it could be really hard to initiate that conversation yeah no doubt but if you can't initiate that conversation with you know somebody that you're already in a, a working relationship with like how are you gonna progress yeah that's this is it you are where you are yeah yeah and you don't really yeah that's that's happened but i could totally understand how hard it is sometimes to just ask somebody a question or to bring up something or to like not necessarily create a conflict but you know what i mean like just to like bring up something that might be that might stir the pot a bit you know like like i'm in this band and i don't like how so and so always you know comes to practice late or even something worse like i think that you know, like I'm just a drummer in this band and I like all of you as people, but all of the riffs that you've been bringing, like I'm not, I'm not vibing with them. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah, I could see just that. to have like those sorts of conversations, like I'm not happy with the way the band's going. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'm not happy with you. Yeah. I just, you know, but to have those conversations rather than just be silently miserable. No doubt. Yeah. Honesty is key. Cause a lot of the time people already have, nobody knows what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. They might be in their own headspace about something crazy. You know what I mean? Go back to the drummer example. Let's say, for example, I'm a drummer in a band and uh, I'm grumpy about uh, the guitar player stuff, like the songs that, that they've been writing lately. I don't like it. You know what I mean? It's too, it's too heavy, right? But in the guitar player's head, maybe they're thinking, I want to play heavier stuff, but nobody's talking about it. So maybe they're trying to accommodate me as a drummer because you know they saw me wearing like a, a slipknot shirt or something like oh yeah like maybe they want to write heavier stuff yeah. so they're writing heavier songs the drummer's not liking it the guitar player's not happy writing the stuff but they're both just trying to accommodate each other i don't know i'm going off the rails with this yeah. example no but yeah, i think this I, is the type of stuff that like can happen if you sure. don't just 
have open conversations about like, what are we doing? What do we want to do? Why it, are we doing ever, this? Has that ever conflicted with you? Like when you're with Grey Walker or you're with Sykes, has it ever like, you know, it's two completely different genres. I would say not in those particular projects because I've gotten to a point now where I've played in other bands that have had that lack of communication that I don't, I'm not, I don't let that be a thing. All right. Anymore. So when you're in those projects and you're in those writing rooms, it's just like, we're here now, we're doing this. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, if there's something where it's like, you know, I think that this needs to be heavier or I mm -hmm. think this needs to be dumbed down. Like I'm very vocal about it. It doesn't mean I'm right, yeah. but I'll at least throw my opinion out there just so it's there. True. True. You know, like, Hey, what I'm hearing is this. I think that it's important in songwriting is that at the end of the, everybody's just trying to write a cool song. Like, you know what I mean? Like you want to have a good thing that people are going to enjoy. Dance. That's the other half of it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes it's really easy to get lost in yourself as a creator. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about the end goal. You're just thinking about like, how is my talent going to be fully represented in this body of work? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you kind of got to kick your ego aside. Oh, no. And death, be like, that's the biggest thing. You know, like every part can't be technical. Every part can't be flashy. Sometimes yeah. there are parts where it's just like a, you know, you might be just doing like a boom, boom, boom. You know, it goes like a four on the floor. That's all the over, song needs. Over like, you know, just like a really simple thing. But like with the right vocal line and like the right nuance in the bass. It could be super emotional, uh, yeah, and it is, puts something together song, that yeah. is really great. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you strip all those parts to their individual things and like you were to like write it out on sheet music, it would be like this is fucking nothing. Yeah. But you put it all together, and it's like it's fucking great. You know what I mean? It's like a fucking like spaghetti and meatballs. You know what I mean? It's like just simple shit. Like you know, if you fucking uh strip it all away like oh there's you know some balls of meat there's some noodles there's some sauce you yeah. know this is all fucking boring you put it together got some magic the, it's the nuance or, yeah, that makes whatever, it great yeah. <laughs> it's the nuance that makes it great you know the right amount of fucking whatever in that sauce and mm -hmm. the noodles only being cooked a specific way and yeah. the right spices and your fucking meat the ball or whatever yeah. you know what i mean yeah so when you brought up like setting your ego aside i remember a few years back when like, uh, I feel like people thought Jim Carrey was going off the rails. I feel like he was just feeling the energy that was like happening globally of like, yeah, like let that ego go. I am just a filter to what I do. And I'm adding this little spark in my heart that I can contribute to this in the best manner. So I guess I can't act right now. I'm going to go paint, find this other medium to just express myself and not even just myself express how maybe we're all feeling within this painting. Yeah. And so it it's, yeah, it is like letting go of the idea of being what you think you should be. So that's why I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to label myself, tell you I'm a drummer. I'm a, you know, I'm a person that I, I like to collaborate in any musical form. And so it's, goes both ways. It just, yeah, it's, gotta, it's a battle. I'm getting to this point now in in my life i'm still i'm still a, a young person on the grand scheme of life but you For know sure. i'll be turning 34 this year and i've done there's a lot of like phases of my life that i've had that are completely gone but like you know when but by the time when i was like 14 to 20 i was like super into graffiti 
Okay, like, yeah, yeah. Like street really, art. Like, like really like deep yeah. in it. And that's like a whole part of my life that is completely removed now. Like yeah. almost almost 15 years removed yeah. from my life now at this point. And then like in high school, me and my friends made a movie. You know what I mean? Like I filmed. And I was like really in the film for a long time and like trying to do that. And yeah. like that kind of – that was a whole other section of my life too. Like before I was really super into music. And then – but I always liked music. It was just like, you know, just the evolutions of things. And then, then yeah. music happened. And then after music, then here's this podcast thing. And now this is the fifth year I've been doing this podcast. Oh, so you've been doing it for a while now. That's cool yeah. because it, a lot, they have like sprouted up here and there. It's where a lot of just people in general are doing them, but I still like, I'm not going to hate on it. It's where like, oh, this guy started doing a podcast because this guy's doing it and this guy's doing it. It's, it's cool. It's, it's an outlet to just, talk we all have cell phones you know maybe not everyone does but i'm saying like there's a medium there's a media <laughs> out there and so this is broadcasted floating around in the sound waves of the ether somewhere yeah and whether or not somebody hears it like it's it's there and it, it or somebody that listens to it will and they may connect and if not it's it's there and it's gone yeah the the podcast thing is interesting it's i basically just started it as a reason to like hang out with friends and get better at talking yeah. to people. I've definitely hung out with a lot of friends. I don't know if I've gotten any better at talking to people, but that's fine. I am who I am. Yeah. And trial uh, and error. But the, the interesting thing about it is now, you know, like moving forward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, at, look at all these good these goodies we're surrounded by. Does this ever does this come up in conversation often? Everyone's here. They're like, you, you got all this going on. Always. This is coming out this year. Look at this guy. Uh huh. He's on top of things. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh. Oh, I completely lost my train of thought. That's okay. <laughs> oh, just talking about doing the podcast for five years and. Yeah. Uh, I listen you know, to a ton of podcasts. La actually, the last time I was in Pittsburgh, I came and saw Duncan Trestle cool. in Pittsburgh. So I forget what the venue was, but it was amazing. And I learned about him through his podcast, through Joe Rogan's podcast, through just um, This American Life. All just it's a, it's a it's another form of media or it's a medium. Yeah. So it's 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 really interesting. There are a lot of people who I don't typically interact with online at all. Like there are people that I know, but I keep track of like who likes and pays attention to my stuff on the internet. That's just like my business sense of me just knowing like, okay, I just want to have a sense of like, who's actually listening to the podcast. Okay. For example, you all know right. what I mean? So there's always like a small group of people that are like, anytime I put out something like they like it. And like, I see them like, okay, like I know that you're the people that, are really like the fans of the podcast. Oh, okay. But there's always people that I run into out and about at shows. They're like, hey, been listening to the podcast, blah, 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 blah. But there are people that they never interact with anything. Okay. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so that's, it's that's... like, I, it's like, I always think that like the, the podcast is reaching like this very small group of people. Cause I'm only going off of, you get, you get suckered into only going off like, you know, who likes and comments on your things. Yeah. But the number, of like downloads is always significantly higher than that. 
but I yeah. still think that like those are the only people. So well, anytime like somebody that like I barely know is like, hey, you know, like the podcast is doing cool, you know, thanks for doing that. I'm like, holy shit. And like I also disregard like I constantly get emails for people trying to come on the show too. And I'm like, I just disregard all that. Yeah. Like when I shouldn't. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess it's that's the pro and con of it. I've I've discovered bands solely just through Instagram and went and saw them and were like blown away. Like you hear a song on on any website, whether it's like Rolling Stone or Indie Shuffle, something you fit. You I'm, I'm constantly looking for new music, uh-huh. and it's endless that's out there. And so, with your medium, you know, you're you talk about the like is just something specific. It's usually music, right? Yeah, and and it kind of branches from there. And so whether or not it it targets maybe this genre or demographic it's still you're still talking to everyone because no matter who hears it it's just like i'm just being true to myself so either you like me or you don't sure you know i find that that's it's always interesting to me like i have i have friends that do like podcasts on like like video game stuff or movie stuff just like general pop culture things yeah and I'm like, that's tight. Like, that's what you want to do. But like, I always see like new, like another movie podcast, another video game. Like, how many of these fucking things do we need? Yeah. You know, whereas like, but I also like understand like there, you're already going into that with like a potential audience that's very huge. And then me, it's like my focus is always on like, oh, like independent artists, which is like, that goes from here to here. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, basically like, like a podcast by independent artists for independent artists and it shrinks more. And it's like in the like <laughs> Pittsburgh and surrounding area, then it like shrinks even more, you know what I mean? Where it's like, Oh, you know, and then, and then you're just in your bedroom talking to yourself on a microphone, hoping. Yeah. That, that, cause it's <laughs> like, that, cause like there's that, there's that <laughs> thing where it's like, you kind of want to get like some return on what you put into it. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, cause I'm still doing the same amount of work as anybody else that has a podcast. You know, and there's like that part of me too that's like, oh fuck, you know, maybe I should just talk about movies more. Okay. But I have to ask myself if I should do that, which means I shouldn't fucking do it. And the reason why I'm doing what I do do in this small bubble is just like genuinely what I fucking care about. Yeah. So, but it is still cool to like hear those people that come up to me that are like, dude, I am checking out the show. Yeah, it's it's bigger. Yeah. It's bigger than I realize yeah so well, well props to you for that because i will say the first time i met you was you coming to a reverse the curse show at 222 ormsby and then you're like i the next time you guys roll through here like let me know because i want to try to like bring more kids out i think there's there's people that would like your band that you just yeah haven't you know they how's this how can i get this to their ears and so like let me promote the show so it's like yes and so you roll forward with those punches being like let's stay in contact with this guy so it's like you do seem at least to do a lot for the pittsburgh music community and any it's an artistic outlet otherwise so you doing this is just it's only helping hand in hand it seems like so it's 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 what i can do yeah, it's and my it's my just my it's my it. weekly contribution <laughs> to the scene. Yeah. So how many how many podcasts do you do you do one a week? Typically yeah, one a week. All right. It's been there have been like some weeks and some months in the past five years where that kind of that shifted. You know what I mean? Like moving here. Yeah, was li- a big deal. Life gets in the way. Um, so I what? had a 
I had a, a laptop stolen off me a couple a couple years ago, Ugh. and uh, that that was a derailment. Uh, and then you know some other I just got get too busy, caught up, and other you know. But for for a while now, we've been back to a week. Cool. Yeah, like I I I just uh, I don't know. You get a uh, you get different ideas of what would be a better idea. You know, would it be better to do biweekly? Would it be better to do monthly? Would it be, you know, uh, what ultimately brought me back to weekly was that there are so many people that want to be on the show and there's so many people that I want to have on the show yeah. that biweekly is just not going to cut it. All right. Cause do there's you... only so many weeks yeah. in a month yeah. or in a year. I'm sorry, but yeah, you know, so, so do you at all, do you do it here? Do you ever pack up your gear and try to go somewhere and do it? I've done both since we've incorporated the video. I try to okay. do it here uh, just because it's too much shit to drag around for a long time. Like when it was just this, like, cause like this thing runs battery and it records directly to it. Is that a field recorder? Or what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the zoom H six. All right. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you could plug in the XLRs battery powered, hit record. It's good to go. Cool. So that made like the portability a lot easier. But um, now that I have the video, which is I me, mean, it's still the camera's not big. It's still possible, but yeah, there's there's a lot more. Like I definitely need power. I, is the lighting okay? It's just a lot to fucking take care of. Yeah, I'm uh, I might be getting like a studio space for the podcast. Yeah, um, well, just moving forward, uh, that would be like a dedicated space that would be a little bit more professional in like um in a business in a business office. All right. So does this consume your time more than your music creativity side? Um, it probably, uh, I don't know. I'd say it's probably pretty even. All right. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's probably pretty even. I try to do my best at like, I have specific days that I work on specific things. All right. Yeah. And by that, I mean like, um, like right now, I just want to let you know that I typically don't, record podcasts on friday nights um but we would isn't this an exception (laughs) but it's it's for for a while it's been very specific actually since the beginning of the year it's been very specifically sundays and it's uh every other sunday i record two episodes one at 3 p.m one at 7 p.m okay well thanks for having and then on the sundays that i don't record that's when i edit the next week's episode okay so that's the juggle. Like so, yeah. Sundays are the podcast days. All right, and like Tuesdays, typically Gray Walker Day, we have rehearsal and stuff like that. Wednesday is a Sykes Day. Monday tends to be my like adult day. Check up on bills, make sure everything's yeah. like good, good to go. Yeah. Uh, Thursday is like a loose end day, and then Friday, Saturday will typically be like, oh, we got shows, there's events, things to go to, kind of chill out. And then, yeah. so that's kind of how's Pittsburgh right now. Pittsburgh's cool. The fucking scene musically is the best that it's been like in my time as a active musician in it. Okay. If that makes sense. That's- so I was going to, I almost wanted to say it's the best it's been in my lifetime, but that's not true. Okay. That's why I say my active lifetime as a musician, because okay. by the time I started playing shows, which was around like 2007, 2008, the cool, like a lot of the cool stuff in the local music scene had kind of already fizzled out. What do you mean by um, that? Like, was it like just what was popular at the time or? Yeah. Well, like when I was in high school, there was like a really awesome, uh, 
kind of like there was well, I mean Pittsburgh's always had a really good like punk metal hardcore scene but when I started playing shows for whatever reason it just was in like this low period like I felt like I went to more shows when I was in high school like before I, before I was in playing in bands I went to more shows than once I started playing in bands like there okay, just wasn't shows yeah, to go yeah, to okay. and I don't know it was like there was a you know, a couple places that were having shows just weren't doing them anymore. Like some DIY spots, maybe some promoters had kind of stopped doing stuff. You know, this is kind of a mixture of things. And then by the time we got to like 2011, 2012, that's what I always call the dark ages. Okay. Like that was the fucking worst as far as I'm concerned. Like, there was just <laughs> nothing going on. Okay. Um, I mean, stuff was happening, but now it's really fucking cool. There's, right. um, a lot of spaces, a lot of very passionate people and a lot of great bands. Yeah. Like in, in all, in all demographics, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe from, there's this yeah, longing to create art, whether it's music or whatnot. So it seems like it's thriving in all those aspects of like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure like what it is now or what it was then. It could just be a personal thing. I could just, it just could be the way that I felt. Yeah. Do you, do you go out and see, like, are there, like, young up-and-coming bands that are, like, maybe between the ages of 18 and 23 or something like that? Yeah, That you're totally. just, like, wowed by? That totally. Like maybe people your age or our age that, like, would see, like, us or, or see, yeah, seeing them now and be like, oh, that, this is a band to, like, look out for. I just, I just had a band on the show of, um, they were, like, 23-year-olds. They're called Chase and the Barons. The episode isn't out yet, but it'll probably be out by the time this is out. Okay. So it's out. Yeah. Go check it out. <laughs> um, but they're younger and uh they're doing a lot of really, really cool stuff. They're all like, you know, super smart, trained, cool kids. Like talking with them, it was super interesting because they were like talking about uh like the business side of things in a way that like I would. But they're all like ten years younger than me. Yeah. So it was like, whoa, like you have your head, the, this head on your shoulders already. All right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's good to have that like card in, in the game or whatever it is. That's another thing that I'm noticing too. Like, cause I, there, I think that people in general are, they're being a lot smarter about the way that they are like, uh, presenting themselves to the world as a band. Like I'm seeing bands that are focusing a lot more on like their image and like how they're playing shows, how they're promoting shows, how often they're playing shows, yeah. who they're playing shows with. Um, like everything, it seems a lot more balanced and focused and with a purpose. And it's really starting to um, branch out into uh, the scene as a whole. Cause I think, yeah. you know, a couple bands do it. And then other, it becomes the norm. Like, you know, some people see it and like that they understand that's the way to do it instead of like the same four or five bands playing shows together every weekend at right, the same yeah, place. Yeah, like that I, kind I of see, stuff. Yeah, I would see like that, that was like 2012. That's what yeah. that felt like to me was like, you know, like all these like clicks of bands kind of taking over, you know, their neighborhood spots. Yeah. And that was it. You know and I mean? There was no like integration or mingling. And it's cool now. There's a lot of like real wacky mixed genre shows happening, which is cool because it's bringing a lot of people together yeah. that don't normally play together. And more importantly, it's bringing those fans together. Yeah. Because I think, say you go to a show and there's <laughs> three or four or five different bands and they're all different genres and you specifically 
like I don't know that first band that opened up they blew but there's a section of people that loved him and like maybe during the second band it like both you and them could care less for him but these other people do and so you're just like mingling with them in the back like catching up like whatever just shooting the shit yeah and so that like there's that that's why I think it's like good to bring like integrate different genres and it, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but like people are doing it. Yeah. So. And the other thing too is like more people are coming out to shows too. That's the other thing that's been great. Well, I think people long for physicality. Like why why do you own records or buy a band's record? Like you can stream music online now, but like, you know, holding that that vinyl and smelling it, like just being physically one on one with it, you feel like you're a part of it. And also that's why I think like promoting shows, like it shouldn't just be this social media or social networking experience. <laughs> like I want to see art and flyers put up around town, like get people involved. And that's why like when I met you, it's like at the time you should like, I was just like, this guy is like a promoter through and through, but you're in bands too. And like you do that at a young yeah. age, you're trying to promote your own band and then bring people into town that you would think would be suitable for a base that's here that you think it would accommodate and vice versa. And so it's like, I, that's how it, no, I think how it's always worked. I think everything has to have a purpose. And there the thing like with, you know, with you guys as an example, you know what I mean? I'm not traditionally like a show promoter, you know? I mean, I've typically like, if I'm playing a show, I've become a show promoter. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's been circumstances, but there have been circumstances though, where there are people that I know, and I know that I have the capability to, you know, do a show for you guys. It's like, I have a purpose because it's like, I know that this is going to work. <laughs> so let's do it. I think that there's a thing that happens with a lot of promoters or just people in general where they just kind of do things to do it. You know, there isn't, they don't have that purpose uh, of doing it. Yeah. It's more just like, uh, they feel like they're supposed to do it or they have some obligation to do it when they don't really have an obligation to do it you're just throwing a bunch of you know mediocre shows that nobody's coming to for sure versus like the idea of like oh like i don't know it's like a quality over quantity thing yeah with, absolutely with the way that that's, i well that, that's, that's the way that i approach too. things it's a bummer scene like maybe a band you've really admired that is just pumping out album after album it's like dude like take some time to just go live life and then put out an album once every five years you don't have to do this formulated process that seems to be the way <laughs> unless your contract tells you you have to <laughs> come on weezer uh-huh no, no i don't yeah. know <laughs> but then and then you're in the machine and so that's where you're at and it's it's noticed by the people that notice it and if not like i'm not gonna shit on them there's like bands by just weezer i just threw that out there that i like absolutely adore i was just talking about um that band specifically with my buddy in oberlin um there was an album that the drummer from weezer played guitar and sang on and Adam Willard, the drummer now for against me played drums on it. And then Shiflet, who is the bass player for face to face is this trio. And it was called the special goodness. And I believe they put out one album, um, land, air and sea. And it's, it's just killer. It's so good. Cool. <laughs> if anyone's listening to this, somebody press that on vinyl on your first, <laughs> on your first fire. So it's, it's a, it's a ripper. And so, but yeah. And so like maybe there's that outlet and, these uh and then weezer is just a, a part of what they do and so there's albums that shine and some that are just there but you're you're constantly like you're not gonna 
you're not going to hit a home run every time. Maybe some, maybe some people kind of do, but it's like when it comes to like some, it works for bands to just do the quality, keep doing it. And then like that one record will hit. And maybe so you're all, you're, it's the Martian child. You know, if you're hitting three out of 10 times, you're still considered a great batter. Sure. So, but it's, <laughs> I, so I don't, yeah, I don't, I, the thing, there's that, no correct way. I don't know. The thing that, uh, with Weezer in mind, I think that I'm okay with Weezer. I, I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm a fan of a lot of the music that they've put out, but the reason why I'm okay with them, because I don't feel like there's ever been a moment in their career where I feel like they weren't doing exactly what they wanted to do. That I, it seems that that can happen to bands, like, even like, but like, yeah, totally, it happens. There are bands that you know they yeah. get into these lulls of doing things that maybe they, as a collective unit, that might not be what they want to do. Mm-hmm. A band that comes to mind that's popular when I think of that is Maroon Five. I'm not sure if a band as musically talented as Maroon Five is, as a collective unit, if they're as happy with their commercial output nowadays versus their their older yeah. stuff because okay. they were pretty i don't know how familiar you I, are. i'm not really from i i think i i've heard a single i would know the the singer if i saw him yeah. but i i know nothing well, about like, that band crazy musical chops okay in that band crazy yeah. and now they just do dance music basically okay um and uh i you know i don't i don't know how much of like a, an intentional move that was versus it being a calculated move to you know help keep water and all of their fancy home pools and all that, you know, whatever bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But with Weezer, even though they've taken some pretty dramatic sidesteps that nobody probably could have predicted, you know, <laughs> back in the Pinkerton days, yeah. uh, I think that for whatever reason, I feel like they, everything they've put out, they've wanted to do it. You know, whether it was like them trolling a little bit, them just having fun, saying, fuck it, whatever. I feel like they've always kind of just been themselves. So I'm like, okay, I'm cool with it. So there's the respectable part of that. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, my buddy Eddie introduced me to Weezer. He was a big Weezer head. And so, uh, and my dad loved that band. And so, yeah, it's, it's, there's, yeah, the, there's albums that I love and maybe some I haven't really listened to because I, I spun it once. It was like, okay, it, or not even to compare it to others, just what this is for what it is. There's authors that I like these books and they're like, all right, they are, this one's whatever. Or, and films. What's the other thing too is like, yeah, just because something maybe doesn't necessarily click with you personally that and doesn't mean that, that it's yeah, bad there's that in too. itself it just it doesn't connect with you so with that it's always like well in my humble opinion but i take like someone like m night Shyamalan. some of his movies i think are just brilliant and then some i was like scratching my head <laughs> maybe i just didn't get it or i did i couldn't yeah i i i didn't connect with me so i just i didn't like it and but yeah so it's all i know that's it's subjective. Yeah. I think that it's really important to be able to recognize that and remember that anytime, whenever you are interacting with a piece of art. Yeah. That, so that's know, why I, I, I'm not an, I, I, I don't like to troll on online or on the internet due to that type thing. Cause it's so easy to just get behind this and talk shit. It's like, I, I'll, I'll, we'll just, when we meet up and hang out, we'll, we'll talk shit. Yeah. I, yeah. I, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it's it's. I think it's too easy, and I I feel I, I'm sure I did it when I was younger. We were basically raised with the internet. I remember getting dial up and being on the internet, and like my dad needing to use the phone and be like, "Get off this online or whatever." And so okay. I need to yeah. use the phone. There was like that portion of it, at least in my household. So. Yeah, you, you get online, and it's, it's how I discovered music or, or film, or even and met people or whatever. I remember in elementary, you, it was the birth of like having a pen pal, and that was interesting. Like talking to somebody that you just <laughs> don't know. It's like, what am I gonna say? I don't know. It was there. So I don't know. It comes full circle, <laughs> but yeah, we're here. We are here, and you're here in Pittsburgh. I love it. So with everything, you know, I guess just moving forward, you know, what can I expect to see from you musically, if anything, in the next two to three years? I think just drums. Just drums, just, just drumming, like, but, yeah. just jamming. Well, yeah, and I, I hope to accommodate any artist that I can in the best way that I can. And like you said, being honest and upfront about what I'm doing and what I think that they're doing and what are you trying to convey collectively. But also you just got to kind of fall into it. And so you do, you go off the energy that you see within somebody. Because I think when you talk to someone, you're one-on-one, it's just a reflection of who you are. So like I met you before and you saw me play drums or I saw you sing in a band and you go, I like the energy that that guy's putting out. I'm just, it, it, I can't help but gravitate towards it. So when we meet each other, like let's find this middle ground that like, oh, you're into that band too? That makes sense. This is why my band sounds like this band. There's always a root. Yeah. There's always inspiration that's put behind what you do. I'm not the first person to bang on a drum. You know, it's it's been going on since the dawn of time. And so I feel like I'm just trying to carry a torch at this point. So as I hit adulthood, it wasn't like really trying to be like I'm a like I'm a drummer this is what they're supposed to do. Keith Moon drove a car into a <laughs> pool like I don't know this guy ran around naked or whatever. Yeah. Trey Cool's got spiked hair doing but like you like that develops. I love all those bands growing up. And so it's and then it was like, well what's what's like the brand you're trying to push within your music? It's like any band I've really been in is like we've been terrible at that. It's like we just play music. Sure. And, and I've seen that like with a band that I loved in high school is Hot Water Music and like I don't know if they're, they they had like a logo, but I don't know if there was like this brand behind what they did. It was just the music itself and the lyric content just really I never, spoke. I never heard the term brand, like branding with music. Like I never heard anybody ever fucking talk about that shit until like the past three to four years. Yeah. And when, when I heard it at the same time too, I was like, I've never looked at music that way, but it always was. When you say brand, like there's bands in the eighties where there was like maybe motley crew kiss or, yeah like kiss was like the the epitome of it it was just like this <laughs> image and you're like and i don't know there and sometimes that's good it's but it's like it, all it's the entertainment for at me, that point so just like go uh, so maybe you just want to put it on and just tune out and just like let it take you away into that world of kiss the closest thing to branding that i could that i ever associated with anything band wise prior to social media yeah would be like i would probably just consider them more or less gimmicks like yeah. kiss had a gimmick you know yeah. slipknot gimmick yeah i mean that's all that stuff's cool no beef i'm just saying like <laughs> yeah. i never really thought about like oh like 
what fucking branding does, uh, I don't know, the Mars Volta have or fucking Thursday or well, so you say Cannibal okay. Corpse. Okay. I, mean, I guess Cannibal Corpse had uh, pretty like family friendly artwork. That was their branding, right? <laughs> and you evolve with that. And there's so, another Florida band for you. Yeah, and uh, it's so yeah, it, like say maybe like Radiohead. They're constantly evolving, but there's always a niche. They're always this like indie rock band, but there's certain records that are very dynamic, very different. One of my favorite artists. You ever listen to the band Liars? That sounds familiar, but that's also just a common word. Yeah, Liars. All right. Um. I want they're across they're from across the pond. I don't know if it's Liverpool or where, but I, I believe they're stationed in LA. Like the L Y R E S liars? No, just L I A R S. Okay. Um the lead singer, Angus. They, they I feel like they started. Are they off, a newer band? No, they've been around for a long time. Okay. It's just it's like they started off as almost like this like just a a, a punk band and developed into this electronic powerhouse but each album there's like it's like this is an electronic album but there are it's all real drums and it's it, at that time you're just manipulating sound to where like that sounds like a dryer uh-huh. and so and then it gets industrial so they're constantly evolving with maybe culturally what's going on whether it's lyric content or just the music itself i think they had a song in that movie 50 50 with joseph gordon levitt okay it was when somebody was like that's a liar song. And I was like, I don't know that band. And they're like, this whole discography is so diverse. Cool. For better or for worse, I they're constantly trying to do something new. But I, I do enjoy that band. <laughs> That's my recommendation to you, maybe. I'll take it. Yeah. I always enjoy, at this point in my life, there isn't like a particular genre of music that I chase. I just like hearing things that I haven't heard before. For sure. You know, whether it is like the prettiest thing I've ever heard or the scariest thing I've ever heard. Like, I Yeah, just, no, like, that, that's just a band that came to my mind too. It's like I couldn't really even put a label on them. But I do. I love Foo Fighters rock and roll. I lo- there's, I, there, I've been just on a jazz kick due to drums listening to Joe Jones and Max Roach and Bernard Purdy and he, he, Buddy Rich. And it just goes on and on and you go down these holes of, of finding that. Yeah, I, the thing that I really like about drums is if you if you get into it just hearing like the unique voice that each drummer has so i think every good drummer has their own voice in a way maybe you understand what i'm saying yeah totally um and i think that I, that's my one of my favorite things about finding new really really cool drummers is just like you see them play and you hear what they're doing and it's like they have just a style and a voice to like i don't know with just like the way that like you catch uh like uh like just like little nuances with like like specific like choices in velocity and like way they do just certain different like uh rhythm patterns like the drummer from Deftones has always been really good oh, yeah, at yeah. that it's just like not an overly flashy drummer but like he always just has little nuances in everything that he does that makes what he does him Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for I, I should really know. I bring I every time I'm talking about drummers that I really like. There are certain drummers that I can I can name. Yeah. But I don't know the fucking drummer from Deftones' name. Yeah. I actually off the top of my head, I don't believe I do either. And I don't know if that's a band <laughs> where people go in and out because I listen like Nine Inch Nails. It seems that they've got a different drummer, at, consistently. Sure. But I'm like, and so that itself, 
Oh, Nine Inch Nails is almost a, a business at this point, but there's still great, consistent music. Yeah. But it's for this project at this time, this is like who is there for the job and it accommodates what's going on. So it works out for better or for worse, depending on how the result is. So, but there's many great, like Josh Freeze has played with them and he's a powerhouse. He recorded a social distortion album. He's toured with Sting. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, and there's, it's, it's endless. There's a little, tons and tons of great drummers out there and musicians in general. So, For but, sure. So I think we could probably wrap up at least the podcast portion of our of our social our social time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, an interesting situation for me right now because normally I'm like, "Yo, plug what you want to plug," but you're right now you're just kind of just being a human being. Yeah, that's you know, I, yeah. You're not here. You're not here shilling anything. Yeah, no. And so I like and I. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day i will be but no <laughs> yeah there we go yeah. it's all about gibson's it's all about the sugar um keep it sweet but yeah i'm just i coming out here has been a treat in itself and because yeah i'm like to go to uh, bring pisper back in a loop i was in cleveland one sunday afternoon and the steelers were in town to face the browns and i was at a hotel and I ran into Troy Palomalu, who seems like just the nicest person. And I, I've heard him in an interview, him saying, like, football is not my life. Like, I'm not, it's, I'm not trying to brand, like, this is, like, what I do. But, like, we're, it's, he, he's accommodating this. He's a, I, I, I don't know. He has, like, a filter to what is happening in front of him. And he's just there. And I think that's what makes him so great. Because it's, like, this is your niche right now. And then after that, I'm going to go do this. But. We did cross paths and he just seemed like the nicest guy. And so it's just like, I'm not a drummer. I'm not, I'm not would I mean, I'm here now. So just do that. I like that. So I think I, I, I kind of feel the same way. It's like, I'm a, I'm a person first and I'm just kind of doing what I want to do in the moment. Yeah. But that you was know? the spark of madness that I was given. Like, what was the first record that you heard that you're like, I want to play guitar or sing or whatever it was. What was the the album that you guys are like? Music is this is what started it for me. Iron Maiden, Life After Death. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Eddie the Head, man. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, for sure. That was they were they were, that was my first favorite band, and uh, it was like it was really combined because what happened is like you know that's their their live album. And the artwork and everything in it is fucking crazy. And there's like a big pull-out booklet that has like all these like live photos of them. They also released Live After Death in VHS format. Oh, so cool. getting to see it was one thing like hearing it, but my dad had the the tape too. So and then like watching it, that fucking changed everything. So it was like actually seeing the band play. Yeah. You know, like with like all the fucking like the spandex and pyrotechnics, you know, it was just like, yeah. fuck yeah. Like, um, and <laughs> so there's that. And whether it's a gimmick or not, it's sweet. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I think that's like now why like with um, performing, like I'm just really about like wanting to give people a good show. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. really kind of, there's a part of me, I don't completely resent it, but I don't want to be like, oh, like, 
that's just some fucking dudes on a stage in normal clothes playing music. I'm like, fuck that. Like, yeah, I want take the next step. Yeah, I want. What's the purpose? Let's make. Why yeah. are you up there? So, yeah. Or more or less, like, why are the people that are in the room watching you? Why are they there? Because they want. Po- they want a fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Give them a fucking show. Give it to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And nothing wrong with that. Hell yeah. I feel like the like this the whole like uh like that's like that's the part of ego that's great about rock. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of and I've I've talked about this before on the show, but that's part of the reason why I feel like rock, like the traditional sense of rock is getting away from us. I don't want to say that it's dying. I don't think it's dying, but mm-hmm. it's it's changing. It's becoming a less ego driven thing. And I think that there's a part of that that's bad. And, and the part that I think is bad is that mm. like you just don't see like people like I want to give you a fucking show mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. it's like this more gentle side of rock that yeah. I don't think is good for for the genre well there's a difference between ego and confidence so you just got to go out there and, and know your role and do it or like a healthy dose of ego I think like you know like or not a healthy dose, but like a healthy uh, display of ego. I guess that would be confidence. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Maiden. Uh huh. Hell yeah. What about you? Um, social distortion, somewhere between heaven and hell. That's when. Uh, that was the beginning and the end. Cool. <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs> All right. Well, depression is a real thing. Help your friends, take care of your friends so they can take care of themselves. Take care of yourselves and everybody will be taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. Let's roll. And we're done. (laughs) Cool. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Once again, shout-outs to Joey for coming through. It was really nice getting to see him, getting to catch up. And, yeah, I hope y'all took something away from this conversation. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.